0: Uh, good evening, uh, dear friends. Uh, thank you for being with us tonight on the 12th edition of Shiri Leader Digital um, series of uh, dialogues. Uh, tonight, uh, my special guest is uh, Irina Bostarova. Uh, she's co-founder and uh, CEO of the Recursive. Uh, And uh, what is Recursive, this is an independent community-born online media dedicated to the emerging tech and startup ecosystem uh, in uh, Southeast Europe. Uh, um, I'm very happy to have you uh, on the other uh, side of the screen, uh, Irina. Uh, And uh, let me maybe introduce a little bit the topic. Uh, why we are talking about uh, media which not necessarily uh, is uh, connected to the tech um, um, usual uh, areas of activities Uh, it is not anymore like this Uh, of course uh, we love to buy uh, printed uh, papers and magazines but this uh, seems to be a sentiment uh, from the past for many of us and especially for the Young generation, uh, this looks today as a souvenir. We see a a, a rapid uh, draw uh, of the digital media, of blogs, of open media, and uh, of multi um, uh, channel uh, media projects. And um, the recursive uh, is uh, one of the examples. uh, And um, on top of this, they are community born online media and pretty much community supported. Um, it is loved by the startup uh, um, startup community in Bulgaria and uh, now also in the region. So we'll talk a little bit um, uh, about this uh, with Irina. Um, I can share my opinion, but I'll uh, save save my words uh, because uh, I want to hear first from uh, Irina, and then <clears throat> may uh, may make a reflection. And before starting the dialogue um, uh, with her, uh, to give a little bit of uh, background, um, uh, Irina is a journalist. Uh, she uh, came back in Bulgaria um, after a career in Austria in uh, modern media and uh, she would tell us a uh, little bit about her background uh, uh, for what is not uh, necessarily uh, widely known uh, here in, uh, in uh, our region. Uh, But uh, what I like about her is that uh, uh, she came after more than 10 years uh, um, studying and working internationally and uh, started um, uh, an innovative media project. Uh, On top of this, uh, it had a very, very clear focus uh, to support the emerging tech and startup ecosystem uh, uh, in Bulgaria and uh she packaged it uh, she designed it in a way that was not known by that time uh in uh, uh, in our practice and uh, uh when she packaged it stabilized it uh, she gave it uh, to to a international team and started the recursive uh, which uh, uh, carried the legacy and the experience uh, from uh, uh, her previous um, uh, previous media uh, but is uh, even more advanced and um, Irina I'm really happy to uh, have you tonight uh, maybe you can continue what I have started uh, before talking uh, about digital media and new market Tell us a little bit uh, more. Uh, what motivated you to make uh, those brave steps to start one media, uh, something totally um, unknown for for the market, uh, media market, and quite risky, honestly, as a business. Uh, now starting a new media project. Uh, what drives you to uh, to go this way?
1: Uh, first of all, thank you for the invitation. It's uh, it's a real pleasure for me also to be here with you today, and um, in a way also honored because I do not consider myself, you know, such kind of an expert when it comes to uh, you know observing all the digital trends in in media. Um, but if I have to go to your first question, what uh, motivated me to make these steps, um, I would say that these steps never really seemed to me that brave. Um, Starting the project back then, a couple of years ago, together with, uh, also with Alexandra, it seemed to me that this is something which is necessary for the ecosystem. If we observe innovation ecosystems all over the world, um, the more mature ones, they usually have a very strong media voice. Someone who promotes the accessories, which are within the ecosystem. Both to the stakeholders in the ecosystem, but also to the stakeholders which are international. Um, this is something that at some point I saw, and since in Austria I studied media and uh, I was part of newsrooms, it was in a way a logical step for me to contribute and give back to the society that I grew up and uh, raised me in this way. I remember at some point I decided to come back but I wasn't sure what am I going to do. I knew only that I've gained some experience over the years and I wanted to bring it back, to give it back. Uh, I was uh, after 10 or 11 years in in Austria at some point, I have to say that uh, I was proud to be different, I was proud to have a game group and something in me told me that I have to contribute to the development uh, of this society. Maybe also something that uh, not many of you know, I had an um, un- unsuccessful attempt to make my first startup back then in Austria. I didn't. Oh, work okay. And um, it was a project, again, a, a, a platform that was meant to give uh, orientation to expats who for moving to Austria. And in the course of my work, I was observing the migration trends in the European Union, and it was very sad for me to see that uh, the regions which were devastated from the brain drain in Europe were mostly Bulgaria and Romania. And at some point, I thought I actually should be doing something different. I should be working in uh, the opposite direction. I should actually bring more people to back like, to Bulgaria and Romania. Um, and I think that was uh, you know the the point where I had to change directions and think of something different and redefine myself.
0: And uh, you did it. Uh, we saw the uh, uh, really, i um, I'm working as you know, and uh, many eventually people that follow working very close to the ecosystem, and uh, you really made a difference. Uh, you are together with uh, with your team and uh, um, but, uh, maybe to speak a little, but uh, a little bit on what's going on, uh, on the media market and how digital transformation. Affected, uh, the media market so that, uh, we understand, uh, uh, what, uh, are the tips and tricks, uh, to be a successful journalist, uh, these days. Oh. <laughs>
1: So I think my first reaction to the question of uh, you know digital transformation in media would be more like may we live in interesting times. Um, both are very broad terms, so digital transformation becomes more and more fuzzy over time, and media is in the same way. So I think what we can definitely say is that uh, media underwent a massive uh, transformation over the past. Probably 20 years already. With the emergence of the internet, this changed the way we consume information, we consume content, even entertainment. Um, before that, media, or let's talk more concretely about news media, were the gatekeepers, and you know the instances that were obtaining and disseminating information to to the to, to society in general. Now the consumers are in a way back in power and they determine what kind of information they want, where they want it, uh, at what point they want it, which are the habits that they're going to uh, have when they consume information and entertainment. So the expectation is that they're going to have access at uh, any point in time, anywhere they want and uh, in the way that they actually want to have it served. Uh, and since then, I think media is, uh, you know, trying to keep up with, uh, the change in behavior of consumers. But if we, if I have to continue on the topic, I would like to do something uh, a bit more of divide and conquer. Um, so let's distinguish between the digital transformation of journalism. in in the sense that uh, journalism as a profession and uh, social function and digital transformation of media companies. Because for me, these are these two different things. So when it comes to journalism, the profession and uh, its function in the society changed. Some things remain the same when it comes to, you know, the changes, I would say that uh, the way that we now, as journalists produce content, has um, a digital logic. So, before I start writing an article, I, always, I already have to think of how am I going to distribute it through the digital channels, because it needs to be understandable for machines. The infrastructure currently is held pretty much by um, Google and by social media. So, if I I may create a wonderful piece of content, if I don't know how am I going to distribute it. Uh, it is going to fail. So I have to think about it already when I'm writing the article or uh, producing a video content and uh, so on and so forth. There are also things that remain the same in journalism. So when it comes to quality, um, the way that journalists uh, obtain information, select information, curate information, um, um, can also um, presented in a, in a relevant way, this remains the same. So storytelling, uh, remains the same. And I think in this times where the online space is getting more and more crowded and noisier and noisier, I could comfortably say that I'm an optimist that this vital function of journalism will increase in importance. We will need more and more gatekeepers who will um, give us news and, uh, and information in a way that uh, we can make sense of the world. Because we saw it even now during the pandemic. It was very difficult, you know, to filter and to uh, make sense of what am I supposed to do now? Yeah? How am I going to survive this? <laughs> People were really scared. Um, we also, of course, we see deliberate attempts for disinformation, um, which are now. But this is a, uh, this is also a very huge topic. Uh, so fake news. Um, is leading to to another problem that we see in journalism and this is the question of trust. I think news media governments and social media are the most distrusted brands and uh, you know companies or organizations in the world at this point
0: ah uh, thank you very much for giving this angle because um uh, this is uh, in a way what we see as a disruption uh, in every dimension of the business uh, and society and uh, you see that there is uh, um, the democratisation of the access uh, to the information and uh, Consumer uh, being uh, empowered today through social media to set the agenda is affecting uh, the supply chains, it's affecting the way how uh, the new economic models are organized. Uh, but uh, uh, we can discuss uh, this in a different environment. But uh, uh, do you think? Uh, that uh, the future of media is online media as a professional as a journalist do you think that um, printed um, uh, papers are gone already um what would be your prediction because let me uh, tell you why I'm asking um, wh- why I'm asking you I'm from the generation. Uh, Where the uh, future is, the um, forecasts were that after email uh, is um, uh, massively used, uh, we'll stop uh, uh, meeting each other. And uh, also when internet uh, happened, that people never ever will go to a shop or whatever. And this didn't happen. There are different uh, mechanisms, not necessarily... Uh, only for people being um, uh, conservative uh, that uh, keep certain balance. So I'm interested to to see knowing that many traditional media have difficulties to survive today. Uh, what is your opinion about this? Uh, what is the future of media if you have uh, uh, a crystal ball <laughs> or of course professional <laughs> uh, so, view on. This. Um-
1: I think, uh, you know, maybe we need to distinguish between news and, um, long form, um. Or long form content. So when it comes to news, I definitely believe that, uh, not only the future, but the present is online. Um, it is very fast and, uh, to keep up with what is happening in the world. You cannot have the processes that we had in analog like printing and then distributing and then having a physical product. So this is the 1 thing I think the 2nd thing that is also happening is with this. Um, let's call it hyper normalization of, you know, online content. Uh, I think we're being overloaded at some point and our brains, at least mine, and I'm from the millennial generation, maybe the future ones are better that, but I definitely feel overloaded at some point from the screens that are around me. Okay. So I think there is a parallel trend which is going offline. So when it comes to books and maybe even more IT type of uh, you know products, uh, we will still you know consume physical products, but it won't be around news. It will be, as you mentioned in the beginning, more like a souvenir something which is more of an experience uh, also for your senses because it has a smell, it has a certain haptic, uh, um, it gives you pleasure, you know, to, to, to touch the paper. We still have this and we will continue to have this and I think we will try to go offline. But news is definitely online. The question for me here is not if it is online, the question here for me is what are the channels that we're going to use? So it is not just only social media and Google. I think in the future we will move more and more to. Personalized experience uh, when it comes to. You know, how do we consume news? Uh, we will go probably even further in things like augmented reality and virtual reality and uh We will consume, you know, news probably on our wearables and uh you know all the lenses that are coming at us so it, internet of things definitely a topic um but online and digital i mean the source of, of most of the information that we have is already digital we generated digitally
0: um i think that uh, technologies uh, for this uh, uh, different uh, ways of consuming information uh, exists already uh, you have podcasts. You are listening while you are running. Uh, you have uh, uh, also ability to follow video, which is uh, one step before the uh, the VR, if you want, because it is just a different type of uh, uh, introducing information. And you have uh, also already personalized content uh, that uh, follows your preferences i think we are already uh, uh, we are already there um even if we don't realize we are there but that's uh, yeah. something that uh, would require most probably uh, for uh, the general public to go a little bit deeper into um into the information uh, uh, let's say essence ways to uh, manage it, uh, which uh, would take a bit of a time, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, let's maybe go a little bit into what means uh, consumer driven media, because uh, uh, I like uh, this, this way. I know uh, I can't imagine what, uh, what you mean, but uh, I was more thinking before about the journalist cooperatives uh, for in investigative uh, journalism that creates these collaborative platforms environment and so on and didn't uh, uh, conceptualized uh, that uh, you have a grassroots support and uh, even uh, uh, let's say uh, uh, Driving uh, content uh, uh, agenda uh, for a media like the Recursive. Can you uh, share uh, a little bit what uh, your definition about this? Um,
1: so actually, the word that we're using for the Recursive is community-born, and it's uh, it is it is a funny word. I think it's something that we basically invented. I'm not even sure that it's, uh, the word exists in the dictionary somewhere, but. Uh, What we at some point realized is that the the way that we integrate ourselves in the ecosystem is by us being part of this community. Um, One example that I'm going to give. In the beginning, uh, we were uh, changing the co-working spaces every three months. So in the beginning, we'll be in one co-working space, meeting the people, sorting the stories, uh, also giving them our experience. Um, I know how about storytelling and how to do PR and how to communicate with journalists. Um, this is the 1 thing and every 3 months we will change so that, uh, We, we, uh, we get to know the, everyone and their businesses personally. Um. I tried to do something similar, by the way, last week, uh, this time. On a road trip, uh, going to. Albania, Kosovo, and Macedonia, and it was uh, super interesting, you know, to to meet the people there um, in ecosystems which are maybe a bit less mature than the Bulgarian at this point, and who look up to what we're doing here. Um, that was actually interesting to see. Also, I would say that we're trying to keep our processes, cost structures, uh, our mm, the way that we do things very agile and this is very similar to um what you one can observe in in, in a startup so in this sense i'm not you know just uh, a managing director of a company i am a co-founder because i share similar values i try to act in a similar way um so our business understanding and maybe even the challenges sometimes are very similar to those of uh, of startup founders. And I also identify and uh, I would say that we're community born in, in, a, in a different way that we will be growing with the growth of the ecosystem. The more the ecosystem matures, the more we will also grow as a business and, uh, you know, as, as a team and as a brand. We started smaller, you know, a couple of years ago, and now uh, I think we created a certain type of brand and uh, we are really managing, you know, to give visibility to this ecosystem here locally. But only also because the ecosystem is maturing.
0: Uh, well, yes, I think that, uh, you are very, very important, uh, stakeholder of the Bulgarian ecosystem and of course you grow with the, uh, ecosystem uh, maturity, but you also grow geographically. As you have mentioned, uh, you've been on, an, uh, uh, road trip, uh, through part of the region that you are covering and, um. It will be interesting uh, for me, but I'm sure also for the audience to uh, share a little bit um, uh, more about uh, your impressions uh, uh, because uh, startups are the freshers. They are uh, people with the ideas, of course, uh, the business knowledge and uh, ability you to grow business uh, in a sustainable way. Is, uh, uh different and very important stage but uh uh i have two questions to leave you maybe to to share uh to share a bit more uh one is uh about the uh needs of the startup uh, communities in different countries what is similar what is um, different and uh also um to which extent you think that uh, we can play this effectively, this cross-border uh, community uh, game that is uh, on top of these slides, where we, <laughs> when we introduce uh, our goals, uh, being a little bit before uh, the our friends from the region, uh, but in the same time, uh, everybody wants to have uh, own path identity and. Uh, it is time for bridges. Uh, it is time for collaboration, for synergies. So, to which extent uh, uh, your media, for example, can play uh, this uh, uh, role to be the neutral bridge, uh, uh, in addition to what, of course, is done by the uh, by the entrepreneurial collaborative uh, uh, mm. actions.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I would start with the needs that uh, were kind of obvious. Uh, or those who are in a way identified for the short periods of, of time that I was there. And I would say that for me, the travel was more like a time travel. So um, the challenges that we had in, I don't know, in Bulgaria, in Sofia, let's say five years ago, are pretty much, you know, those who the founders in the local ecosystems in, in, in Albania and um, Kosovo and, and Macedonia are facing at this time. So. There is, of course, the lack of talent. There is, of course, uh, you know, the maybe not enough the mindset of, uh, hey, if someone can uh, do it in Germany, then I can do it here, too. Um, I also see the lack of confidence that uh, I would say also sometimes founders here have because, you know, they believe That nothing is really going to improve here. And, you know, I'm just coming from a small country. I cannot compete with global players, um, which is not true. I mean, the digital economy is totally changing that. Um, Of course, there are problems, uh, which are coming from the legal framework at this point. Um, They're not part of the digital single market, which is uh, in the EU. There is a lack of capital. Definitely, venture capital um, is still a new concept and it's not even from what I hear in some of the countries, it's even a challenge, you know, to uh, make investments as a, as a, as a VC in a, in a company from the legal point of view. What else, what else? Um, alignment within the ecosystem, so that there is like a real community where um, know-how can be exchanged uh, The topic of female founders is uh, maybe even harsher than here. Um, And from what I hear, it's uh, in a way worsening at this point. So when it comes to synergies, I totally believe that uh, we in Bulgaria and uh, maybe also even Romania and and Greece, which are at this point, uh, the more mature ecosystems, because We started earlier because we got the support also from the EAF and and, all those institutions in the beginning. Um, I think we can give back to the smaller ecosystems which are around around us. Um, They would need working models that we have already implemented. They would need um, success stories that they can relate to. So I think for someone who is in Kosovo and reading about a successful founder in um, Miami, uh, yes, of course it is nice and it, it is an inspiration, but it's not just the same as, you know, someone who uh, is coming from Southeastern Europe. So I hope that in a way, you know, media is also an intermediary and we can bridge um, the founders from from albania to the founders in bulgaria and they can at some point exchange i actually invited all of them <laughs> to come here and just to say hi and uh let me know if i can make them an intro uh i think we need definitely need more of that
0: um actually even uh from the experience of uh, bulgarian center of women uh, in Technologies, so i can confirm uh uh, your words, because, um, uh, the year before pandemic, uh, we've been, uh, um. Helping, uh, 40, uh, young uh, women, um, they've been students, uh, for in their entrepreneurial, uh, path, uh, for, um, uh, maybe, uh, a an year and we had a, a, a whole week here in Bulgaria and, um, uh, those are same smart uh, creative uh, young people but just the infrastructure there to grow businesses uh, afterwards uh, uh, is a little bit more difficult and uh, uh we continue mentoring them but uh, for a really established company uh, having access to capital that's uh, something that uh, needs to be developed and uh, hopefully we can give them a hand in addition to what you're doing, uh, giving visibility to to good projects. Uh, maybe we can uh, jointly think about uh, what else can be done uh, in to support the, the uh, regional growth.
1: I think uh, sometimes it will be even enough, you know, to uh, let them speak to like-minded people So, for instance, I met this girl, she in, in, let me think, in Kosovo, she was working in fashion tech, she graduated in UK, actually. And, uh, you know, fashion tech in Kosovo, this is really, really difficult, especially if you want to, you know, make a sustainable business model out of it. But she really enjoyed what she was doing, and at the same time, she doesn't really have a community or, I don't know, people that uh, she can speak about topics. So she was looking for them outside of her country in Berlin and I believe that even here in Sofia um, she might meet and for her that was very important because this is how she gains confidence. This is how she gains inspiration. This is how she's feeling, you know, challenged by the ideas of others. And I think this is happening across industry. Sometimes we need to speak to the people who share the same mindset as uh, as uh, as we do. and. There is also you know, something, something different that I saw very in common and that was this pessimism. We have to do, you know, not believing that something good can come out of this region, sometimes standing uh, a bit in, in our own way. Um, so I think we can support each other a bit more in, in that. Uh, Sasa, I'm not sure if you, maybe you're muted. Yes, <laughs> thank you. <Yeah>. For, <laughs> okay, because I've continued
0: to uh, dialogue.
1: I was, but, uh, <laughs> I was just uh, about, you know, to, to read your lips. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But, uh, the, um. Well, in the same time, uh, of course, uh, uh, Bulgaria and Romania have also a good basis for exchange because um, <clears throat> following different path in uh, last five, seven years, uh, we reached today more or less a uh, same level of maturity and uh, uh, also uh, some good success uh, stories that exists uh, in both countries. So do you believe that between Bulgaria and Romania we, uh, is more that can be done? And uh, uh, I see you uh, are publishing on a regular basis also Romanian stories respectively they uh, hear about us. I think that um, uh, we jointly can uh, really develop a common agenda, including for women uh, in uh, digital industry.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so first of all it's not uh, uh, for, so it's recursive it's not uh, we and them anymore uh, because two members of our team are already uh, Romanian and they're based in Bucharest. So, uh, I think this is already happening, this kind of exchange between Romania and Bulgaria. Uh, of course, there is still room for that. And I was actually very impressed of, uh, how open minded and how welcoming everyone in Romania was towards us. Even in the beginning when we were coming because the Bulgarians, you know, just wanted to, you know, to report and tap a bit deeper into into their startup ecosystem. Um, but this is happening. Um, I see more and more, you know, events where, you know, there are Bulgarian and uh, Romanian uh, founders and representatives. I see also know-how being exchanged. Um, I'm just going to give you an example. Yesterday we had another event uh, dedicated to how do you raise your series A. Uh, and when I looked at the names in the in the audience, it was a total, you know, mixture of Bulgarian, Romanian, Slovenian, um, you know, Serbian names. So I think these political borders that uh, we have in our minds, they're just in our minds. So in this sort of world, they're blurring and melting down. This is my opinion. <laughs>
0: That's my impression uh, too, and uh, I'm just uh, discussing this with you because uh, uh, you are doing uh, this hands on integration uh, on a daily basis, uh, having uh, an international uh, team and uh, um, still uh, both Bulgaria and Romania are not so visible uh, on the European stage. Uh, even uh, the projects that are supported, uh, I'm, for example, a member of the investment committee of the European uh, Innovation Council, rarely, rarely uh, close to non uh, Bulgarian and Romanian projects are supported. And we speak about uh, already not the Balkan agenda, we are speaking about the European. Uh, um uh, facilitating instruments uh, for those uh, who uh, can support the uh Europe's competitiveness uh to grow so uh we can uh, do more in that respect I think uh but because we are progressing with the time and the sun is shining behind us I'm pretty sure that uh, many people uh, Choose to be in the park and uh, will follow uh, later on as uh, it happens in days like uh, today. Our event. I've uh, just wanted to encourage uh, if someone uh, uh, has a question to uh, send it in the chat or uh, in the um, as a comment uh, in Facebook, and I'll be happy to uh, to uh, cover it with Irina and. Um, because uh, the format, uh, uh, she leader in a show is about women and it's about a uh, female leader. Uh, I, um, uh, want to ask you, I mean, um, you came in Bulgaria, I don't know, five years ago, four years ago, something like this, uh, came in with-
1: 2018. It's not so long ago, yeah, 2018, Although in my head it seems much yeah, yeah. longer. <laughs> Very uh, longer. Yes, uh, but uh, yeah,
0: you came uh, driven. Uh, you said this by the mission and motivation to give back what uh, you knew already, and uh, uh, there was a niche uh, in uh, in Bulgaria. Uh, you, um, didn't, uh, time started it, uh, created it, uh, structured it and, uh, then uh, once package, you return it back to those, uh, uh, partners with whom you started the media and now you start a new project. So, uh, uh. Is there a female uh, uh, flavor in what you are doing? And uh, what is your opinion about the uh, women that uh, take the ownership uh, for uh, their ideas, uh, for their projects, for their businesses? Uh, do you see them in your professional environment? Uh, More challenged, uh, uh, which definitely is the case in the digital world and you are between the both uh, uh, worlds in a way. Uh, So what would be um, your recipe about uh, being a brave founder, about being someone that uh, uh, really follows uh, the dream, that follows the uh, impulse. uh, uh, that is changing even uh, place uh, where lives because those are not necessarily in the traditional thinking in the way of uh, those uh, who think traditionally, this is not the way how women act.
1: Well, you the topic of uh, you know, female founders and uh, you know, women who initiate and take ownership of uh, something that they want to. Leave in the world the impact that they want to have in the world um, is still visible in the numbers. If we, you know, look at the data, um, there are much less women who are, you know, starting their own projects. And usually they're in certain fields. By the way, media is probably one of them. I think um, in our team we have the opposite problem that we have more women in the team than men, and uh, it's really hard to change that at some point. Is there a female slave label to what I'm doing? Most probably. Um, but I would say that I learned uh, back then, maybe also living as an immigrant, that I will not allow myself to feel, in a way, less than the others because uh, I am Bulgarian or because I'm a woman. In the way that I act, um, life showed me that more and more, I can actually claim what I want to achieve. And looking back at my younger years, I would say that I was unnecessarily inconfident um, in what I was doing. So if I have to see myself at 22 or, you know, see myself at 27, I was worrying about way too many things. Uh, and I was. Uh, focusing way too much on uh, expectations of others and caring way too much about the opinion of others. And once I learned that I can actually live without it and I can claim my spot here where I believe that uh, I deserve to be, the le- the easier it actually happened. So um, I don't know if it was, it was really a struggle, I think it was more a struggle with myself not to stand in my own way. I'm. Probably also very lucky to grow up in a generation that, uh, you know. Men around me are much more accustomed to women, um, uh, being successful, getting in power, um, uh, even being their bosses and earning more money than them. That I believe wasn't like that probably for the generation before. This is becoming more and more, uh. I think normal and usual for, for for the younger generation. So when I talk to my cousin and she's like 20, she doesn't have the issue that I had at 20. She's like, so I want to be that. I'm just going to go for it and I'm just going to achieve it. The question of, you know, being her a woman is not even popping into her <laughs> mind. Um, so from what I see, this is changing. And definitely, the way that I do things have a female flavor. I'm still trying, you know, to make everyone happy in the team. Maybe sometimes too much. Uh, I care way too much. A bit more about the opinion of all the, you know, customers and investors and uh, other stakeholders. And uh, sometimes I'm panicking that uh, I'm not doing the right thing. That uh, everything is going to fall apart. And this never really happens. So the more, the, the more often I do it, and the more often it you know, the world doesn't fall apart. The more I learn that uh, I will be okay next time as well. <laughs> I not be worrying that much. Um, still, I consider myself lucky um, because I grew up in a certain environment. I grew up in a certain family. And when I look around, I don't think that, uh, I think there's still way too many women who I hadn't had uh, my luck. And in a way, I feel responsible for—I don't know—supporting um, for them, um, mentoring them, giving them maybe also piece of my confidence, uh, telling them that uh, it is all going to be fine, that it's actually normal to worry, and uh, over time it actually gets better. To claim their spot, yeah. So. I'm a true believer that, you know, those who are, and I would say, uh, Sasha, also you, those who are in this situation where we have so much freedom to develop ourselves, to be, um, to have a successful career, uh, to afford so many things, to have so much actually also free time um, to do the things that we believe in, we have a certain responsibility of being an example. Um, The one thing that uh, always bugged me, especially when I was younger, was I. Uh, this is, you know, very personal, but um, I was always uh, a salesperson. So, my job was in a way to um, convince others who have a certain budget that uh, what I'm doing uh, is worth it. That uh, you know, the product that I'm selling is worth it. And this always puts you in a way in a, in a dependent position where sometimes uh, men from older generations will speak to you as if uh I don't know would not take you seriously. They don't see you as a business partner, they more see you, you now as a young yeah, Bulgarian and she's kind of you know pretty and uh this is something that always bugged me and uh I think we as women still today um, uh, think about it every morning when we pick our clothes. <laughs> where am I going to? Who am I meeting? um, how should I dress so that I can be taken seriously and uh this is still a reality, and uh yeah, I still see it unfortunately every day
0: uh then more than um. Uh, uh- this bias is uh, that still exists and the glass ceiling uh, is something that uh, many women are uh, still putting uh, and uh, the limitation comes from within not so much from the outside world at least in europe uh, we are privileged to have uh, much more open uh, um, environment and i continue to repeat that uh, Bulgaria is, uh, the country that leads in, uh, uh this, uh, statistics, because we have, uh, most, uh, women, uh, 31%, uh, uh, actively working in the digital industry compared to 16% in, uh, in Europe, but still, um, it, the attitude is very different. Uh, women, uh, to, uh choose uh, to present their idea to the world or to ask for promotion uh, to their management, they need to be 120% ready and um, uh, while men are uh, more uh, uh, impulsive in that respect, they would uh, package an idea uh, in uh, uh, a good PowerPoint presentation and uh, this goes already out. So. uh, both uh, approaches are needed and i'm not here to contradict uh, them but um really and that's the mission of this uh, format by the way uh, i think that nothing works uh, better than when you uh, see someone uh, similar to you that did it already and um, a person that you can uh, send a message uh, in LinkedIn or organize a 30 minutes call. Uh, this sometimes is trans- transformational, and I want to encourage all girls to feel free to uh, proactively contact uh, those women and men that you like, because uh, this is something uh, that will help you to uh, to achieve what you uh, you want to.
1: So recently I was um, listening to a podcast with a neuroscientist who basically explained that uh, the way that we learn the fastest is by connecting with people who have the skills that we want to have. I'm going to give you an example. Let's say I want to be a funnier person. I want to tell more jokes and be wittier in a way. So the easiest hack will be to find people who are like that and spend more time with them. Because whenever our brains connect uh, in through communication, somehow we mirror the same, um, you know, the same. Uh, how do you call them? The same brain activity. So uh, if we have a really, you know, meaningful conversation, uh, you and I, Sasha, and someone scans our brains, they would look exactly the same. And this is how you, the easiest, can develop. You know skills which are which you admire of others. so maybe sometimes it's less about reading books. um it is less about you know finding the hacks of of yourself, but it's actually connecting and talking to people who you admire
0: And possibly in person because uh, when people meet physically uh, you communicate with uh, more than a voice and more than uh, bi-dimensional uh, two-dimensional uh, uh, picture uh, on the window so uh, hopefully hopefully uh, we we'll have more time and opportunities to meet physically and to develop our uh, brain and uh, neural connections uh, uh because our time is uh, going uh, to the end uh, I just wanted to ask you something that uh, uh, yeah, let me see. There is a question uh, in the chat, uh, which is with a uh, with a preference. Uh, um, I'll read it to to connect it. Who writes articles in the recursive? Uh, do you work with uh, students, for example? Do you have um, Do you have students? Uh, do you
1: um, We do. So, um, we actually started already last year training our own, uh, uh trainees, uh, they were both studying at the, and they still are at the American University in, in Bulgaria. I was very impressed by how well they fit to our team and how fast they actually learned. Um, what is necessary from them as, as, as journalists, uh, the ones who graduated and she joined our team full time. Uh and uh, Vicky, she's still studying, but during the summer she will be a full-time member of our team as well. Um and for me that was a proof concept that I wanted to have for a program that I hope we can start uh from 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 the open. It will be um, let's call it an academy, a traineeship program exactly for students who want to dive deep in what we're doing and write the stories about the startup ecosystem that we're writing and i think this will be uh, a jump start for anyone who wants to continue in journalism but also for all those who want to continue in content marketing and corporate communications because storytelling is pretty much universal and it's needed at this point we see that uh, the industry is uh, uh, is is demanding it and uh, wanting more you know editors who can who understand both business and tech and can make the sense out of it. Um, The digital transformation as we uh, spoke about in the beginning, it is accelerating. And uh, I think at this time, we don't have enough talent who can actually make sense of what is happening and who will be explaining the trends and uh, the developments of the new economy in the future. This is why uh, this is something which is coming up, so stay tuned. Uh, We will be hopefully educating more and more students on the topic. Uh,
0: That's an excellent uh, news, and I can imagine that uh, this uh, won't be just uh, media storytelling content uh, uh, marketing, um, let's say specialty, but uh, it will be a cross disciplinary uh, train training uh, so that people also touch a little bit into the technology trends and uh, so that they are um, professionally uh, able to interpret them uh, in a convincing way, for sure.
1: Of course, it is combined. Uh, we are in touch with uh, one of the most innovative founders here in the region. This is the one thing. And uh, the second thing is that you grow a network, which is, uh, which is amazing. Uh, this is one of the good things about media. As I said, it is also an intermediary between different stakeholders um and it gives you a glimpse in so many industries and so many businesses uh, yeah
0: super super we'll follow uh with uh, with interest uh uh to uh, how this will and when this will be available um so uh, uh I want to ask you one final question uh, that we ask all our uh guests, and it is how you hack yourself.
1: Uh, <laughs> how you <Okay. laughs> restart the system. Yeah. Um first I must admit uh it's uh it's a never-ending process. <laughs> it is an ongoing process. I face um more and more you know challenges of my personality (laughs) once that I thought okay I managed this one then the next one is actually coming (laughs) so I think uh, you know the different stages I need like different hacks maybe I can say what is current at this point Um, I try to pay more attention to my breathing I realize that I'm not breathing enough (laughs) and that I'm not breathing uh, uh, deep enough so In a way, um, now I try to meditate every, I don't know, at least every second day. I try to observe myself, am I doing it during work, when I walk on the street? Um, So one thing is breathing. And the second thing is, um, how should I put it? So this is also, again, very personal. I tend to be a very judgmental person. Um, And Whenever I start to judge someone too harsh on, uh, you know, things that they're not doing right, this is usually a signal for me that I'm judging myself also too harsh. So in a way that I want to hack it so that uh, you know I'm not uh, as critical as I sometimes I am with people. Uh, I try to find certain empathy for me, and then automatically usually comes for for, for the others. So I think you know. Practicing a bit more empathy with myself with uh, a, a second hack that uh, I'm currently working on.
0: We also have a big sympathy about yourself. Uh, just when you feel insecure, <laughs> uh, you can <laughs> open also this container and take a little bit of uh, energy, uh, from, uh, from it, uh, because, uh, um. M- it is not necessarily the easiest thing, uh, you to mobilize, uh, this, uh, self-respect, the love to yourself. It takes a little bit of time until people, uh, start, uh, getting energy from there, um, so with, uh, this small present at the end, <laughs> I want to, uh, really thank you, uh, for this one hour, it was very. Uh, interesting conversation. Thank you for uh, being very open, for uh, sharing also things that not necessarily people uh, share when they are on the stage uh, uh, in front of a, a big audience. Um, although we have a big audience here, uh, but uh, for sure, uh, this is uh, the community. Um, a safe space where women uh, meet up uh, and uh, I trust uh, our conversation uh, uh, will stimulate other women to uh, make b- bigger step and uh, also to uh, maybe look professionally into area uh, where you've, um, you are a master already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And, uh, Irina, thank you very much. We'll have uh, soon an occasion to meet, hopefully, uh, personally. And uh, I heard
1: something of Thursday. Let's see. Uh, I hope I can manage it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you for uh, having good, me. Good evening to you. For you.
0: Good, good evening for everybody who has been with us. Thank you.
1: Thank you for letting me be part of it, and uh, you know, from what you said, that uh, uh, I think I also felt a bit more comfortable being here in a community that uh, you know shares certain values, so that I can also speak certain stuff that I would not usually tell on the stage. (laughs) Thank you. So, wish you all a great evening. Um, It's beer o'clock, so enjoy yourselves. It's a wonderful weather outside. I'm planning to do the same. (laughs) Okay. Bye, bye. Bye, Irina. Bye -bye, Bye Bye, everybody.